Worshipful brethren, brethren all, welcome to Freemasonry in seven minutes or less. In this episode, we will be discussing Euclid, Euclidean geometry, constructions and space. There has only been one book in history that has rivaled the impact of the Bible upon Western cultural history and intellectual development. That book is Euclid's Elements. Authored by the Alexandrian mathematician Euclid, circa 300 BC during the Ptolemaic period, the elements were lost in the West during the Dark Ages. It was the Arabs that safeguarded them after receiving them from the Byzantines around 760 AD. The elements would resurface in Europe in approximately 1120 when the English monk Adlard of Bath translated them into Latin from an Arabic translation. The first printed edition appeared in 1482 and in 1570, John Dee provided a widely respected mathematical preface, along with copious notes and supplementary material to the first English edition by Henry Billingsley. So what are the elements? They are a collection of 13 books, themselves collated from the works of earlier mathematical authors, such as Hippocrates of Chios, Eudoxus of Cineus, Pythagoras, as well as other Athenian mathematicians. Starting with basic definitions, postulates and propositions, Euclid uses them to make ever-increasingly complex arguments, logically building on the previous ones to prove mathematical propositions. This inductive and logical system has become the historical foundation upon which all mathematical science has been based, and its importance cannot be underestimated. Starting off with rather simple geometric postulates, such as the famous fifth or parallel postulate, or the even more famous 47th postulate, it builds up to a rather stunning proof of the five Platonic solids. That is, it uses two-dimensional geometry to infer the structure of a three-dimensional shape. A rather sublime and breathtaking achievement, shall we say. This level of mathematical application would only be achieved again by Kepler in the Mysterium Cosmographicum in 1597. In the same way that the simple algebraic equations you were forced to do in school can describe chemical equations and thus changes in matter, Euclid was doing the same 2,000 years ago to describe three-dimensional space. That is, he was using 2D to describe 3D. So what can we do in this corporeal realm of three dimensions to do with such a methodology? Could we use it to approach the fourth dimension? Answers in an email, please. Obviously, for Masons, uh, the working tools of the geometrician are the square, compass, and ruler. And the methods of construction would have been the methodology of operative stonemasonry. Aside from those of us who use computer-aided design packages, such methods in the modern world will be lost on many people. As the elements have been so vital in shaping the sciences, the student of the craft will do well to understand their methodology and its catalyzing effect upon the Enlightenment. Well, that's what I think anyway. Uh, I know it's an enormous subject to talk about, Euclid's elements and um, the history of mathematics, but do you have anything to add, to add brother? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's interesting that you can go back uh, to 300 BC and even further, and the mathematics and the thinking was really so advanced, uh, you really wonder where it came from. <laughs> Just didn't sit down and put it all together. I think he, uh, as you said, that he's building up on knowledge that was uh, handed down from one one scholar to the next. Um, it's you know it's like um, watching the that uh, program on uh, is it a History Channel? You know where did the aliens come from? <laughs> it's something like that. Um, I love uh, geometry because uh, as a child, I mean, I was like t- 
12 or 14, I learned to play uh, billiards and later snooker. And I used geometry to be pretty good at it because um, uh, using the, the um, principle of reflection, which I, I learned in geometry. So um, I love I love uh, geometry. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's all I can say. <laughs> I suppose with, without Euclid's elements, there would be no uh, Principia. There would be no Newton, really, because you need the, you need something to work from. Mm. So basically, you can't build any further. You can't stand on the shoulders of the giants. Right. There aren't any right. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, we wouldn't have computers and uh, the, the International Space Station. So, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very interesting subject. Yeah, absolutely. It, we can't really do it justice in seven minutes, but it's worth worth researching any any worthy mason out there. It's a um, the, the Euclidean space, the idea of exploring mm. space on a on a planar geometry system. It's a it's a important allegory for what may mm. lay beyond. And of course, Kepler. Um, I've talked about uh, Kepler in relation to Freemasonry and Kepler's mm. triangle and how that forms the actual center of the of Euclid's uh, 47th problem, yet the, the, the four uh, rectangles, oh, sorry, three rectangles, when they come together, the, in the center is a triangle. And this is Kepler's triangle, and it has some remarkable properties. And that lecture can be found on YouTube for interested, yes. interested parties. Uh, and that can be found on Brother Earnshaw's YouTube channel. Spiritual Freemasonry. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, um, that just about brings this episode to a close. Hopefully, we've, we've um, shone a light on 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 the subject to inspire brethren to do further research. And that just about brings this episode to a close. If you have any questions, please email on the link below. We now part on the square, and we will meet soon. Thank you, and goodbye. Goodbye.